Welcome to Famous with Kate and Liz. Love that new intro. Love the new intro. Love the new intro. I mean, we just thought it was time. No, actually, my computer totally crashed (laughs) and I lost the intro music file. (laughs) (laughs) We're so professional here. We're like, we don't have that backed up. Like, what the hell? This is the operation we are running and we're very proud of it. Okay, so deal with it. If you don't deal with it everything on your desktop are you really living I mean <laughs> <laughs> yeah I'm like do you save our episodes uh, yeah yeah on my desktop I'm like oh my god don't save those <laughs> so bad oh so, yeah time for a little um it's spring thought we'd have a little new little rebirth of our podcast with some new intro music you know why not oh that was good that was good Liz I'm sorry. Thanks Bravo. People. Thanks for sticking with us through the thick and thin of the technical difficulties and all of that. <laughs> oh my God. But still we get an episode out like all the time. Very consistent. So yeah. um, just want to praise ourselves for that. <laughs> if anything, we're consistent. Um, but we are back with famous fairy tales this week and it's, it's Liz's week this week, so yeah, I'm just going to hand it over. Little Red Riding Hood, another fucked up one. I mean, like, gosh. So <laughs> scary. So scary when you're a little girl. Your kids, okay, people? <laughs> yeah, like, I remember this story when I was very little, just like, and I feel like I, I heard the actual, like, original version which you might get into, but very grim and scary for a little little child. No <laughs> trying to go to sleep. Brothers Grimm. <laughs> yes, yes. Oh my God, is the word grim after Brothers Grimm? <laughs> Probably not. Um, wow, okay. Well, just let me hear it. Yeah, what is this okay. all about? guys, if you're enjoying this series um, and want to let us know, or if you hate it, let us know, too. <laughs> I almost just spit my wine out all over my brand new iPad. <laughs> just send us some communication, please. Uh, some correspondence. Anything. <laughs> We're still waiting for our hate mail. Yep. Instagram's the best place. Uh, famous Kate and Liz with a, uh, Kate with a C. But you can also, if you want some long form communication, you can email us. <laughs> old school. Email. Email is now like an old school way to like, like you only email with like your work people. You right. know what I mean? Yep. That's, that's exactly what I use it for. Um, so yeah, yeah. MissKateAndLiz at gmail.com. But um, we'd love to hear from you. Um, even if you have something nasty to say. <laughs> I am dying. Oh, God. Okay. Thank you for the business. Oh, the cold meds are probably going to do half the talking today. (laughs) Yes. Yes. Yeah. You're still, you're like feeling like blah this week. And last week I was a hot mess. This week I just literally woke up like right before 6 a.m. was like, let me adjust my body everything crunched in my back and I like haven't been able to move all day. So I am 
so relaxed. I'm ready for you to read me like my bedtime fairy tale. Okay. I'm going to give you some nightmares then. Here we go. (laughs) Yay. (laughs) All right. Well, for those of you who don't know, Little Red Riding Hood is a European fairy tale about a young girl and a big bad wolf. And I don't know why I said it like that. <laughs> I'm like, yay! I'm like a little kid. Like, <laughs> um, love the enthusiasm. Back to several pre-17th century um, European folk tales, and the best two, um, the two best-known versions were written by Charles Perrault. Uh, I think that's how you say it. And the Brothers Grimm, who Kate um, told us all about last time. So those are the ones that you're probably most familiar with, but. This terrifying tale actually has origins that may go all the way back to, like, classical Greece and Rome. So, <gasps> it's been around. That's crazy. It's been Yeah, around. that's, like, crazy. But then when you do think of, like, the overall message of it, I guess <laughs> there would be, there would have to have been some sort of variation. Right? Yeah. Yeah. Know. Yeah, I think so. I mean, like, yeah, and... It's crazy. Like there are so like ancient Greeks and Rome. There is like an ancient Chinese or maybe Taiwanese um, version of this story that's very similar. Like so, it just it goes way back beyond um, you know some of the even European tellings of it. But um, this scholar, this guy named Graham Anderson, um, he compared a story, the story to this Greek legend of um, hmm. Palisanias, <laughs> and we're going to get some ancient Greek words for a minute, which bear with um, And in that tale, every year, a virgin girl was offered to a malevolent spirit dressed in the skin of a wolf who would rape the girl. Then, um, one year after this terrifying tradition continued, a boxer named Euthymos came along, and he killed the spirit and married the girl, um who was going to be offered as a sacrifice so you know like that's the when it comes down to it the basics of this story problematic for the male savior you know issues yeah (laughs) yeah I'm like whoa okay yeah I mean we all remember like the woodsman comes and saves her you know like maybe she needed to be saved I don't know really but um you know so that's problem number one um then there is also some sorry could you say that oh my watch just went off (laughs) (laughs) I was like who's this British man (laughs) who's joining us in this episode I'm loving it Okay, but this like theme of the ravening wolf, um, you know, and like something that it's eaten is also like reflected in lots of other tales like Peter and the Wolf from the Russian tale, um, another grim yes. tale called The Wolf and the Seven Young Kids. Um, and it's also kind of like Jonah and the Whale, the biblical story, you know, eating stuff in the belly. Oh, yeah. Yep. Um, right, right, right. Okay. So, yeah, so the origins really of the story that we know today are traced to um, uh, pre-17th century uh, European countries. And some of these are significantly different, you know, than the Grimm-inspired one, but it's probably what 
you know, led to that. Um, it was told by French peasants in the 10th century and recorded by a cathedral schoolmaster. Um, in Italy, Little Red Riding Hood was told by peasants in the 14th century, where a number of different versions um, exist. And um, and then there was also this one in East Asia that I referenced earlier called like the Grand Ant Tiger, which is very similar too. So. Oh, that sounds way cooler than Little Red Riding Hood. <laughs> yeah. And so in, in some of these earlier things, like it's not always, a, but maybe a werewolf, um, which oh. that said that like it had to do with like the werewolf trials at the time, very similar to the Salem witch trials, which I did not. Yes. Know. Yes. There are some movies. What is the only like werewolf movie that I like? I can't even remember the name of it, but that it's like, it's like, that was like a legit thing. Like at the time. Yeah. Like they would like kill idea. hunt and kill people thinking that they're werewolves just because someone was like, my neighbor's a werewolf. And then they just go and like kill them. <laughs> Like, yeah, it so was insane. Maybe we'll have to revisit famous trials again. Um, I think we need to do that. Let's put a pin in that. Um, and then, of course, what would a grim fairy tale be without, like, maybe a touch of cannibalism? So <laughs> the wolf in these Gotta have it. usually leaves the grandmother's blood and flesh for the little girl, little Red Riding Hood, to eat, who then unknowingly mm. eats her own grandmother. Um, yep, yep, yep. Ugh, I feel like that's the version I heard. <laughs> like, that's, that's like what I heard. This kind of shit. And I was like, I'm three. Like, what is <laughs> happening? Why am I hearing this? Oh, God. And then in some versions, the wolf eats the girl after she gets into bed with him and the story ends there. In others, she sees through his disguise and tries to um, escape, complaining um, to the wolf that she needs to use the bathroom and wouldn't want to, like, you know, go potty in the bed. So um, he lets her go and, like, ties a piece of string to her so she doesn't get away. However, she slips the string off and puts it on something else, else and is able to escape. Um, and, and that's interesting because in some of these versions, she needs no help from a male or female figure. She just saves herself, right? Like her own cunning. Um, and then in other versions, she gets help from a younger boy who she happens to run into. Um, and there's also like a version where, um, a laundress puts out these like, um, cloths across a river so she can escape. And then like when the wolf is chasing after her, she like, removes the cloth and he drowns in the river. So <laughs> lots of different um, oh. variations. And um, there's not always even a red hood, actually. So it's kind of funny because. Oh, that is interesting. That's like the title and what everybody hmm. knows and like such, such a symbol, you know, but in some of these er earlier versions, there weren't. Um, and then in some other versions that have been adapted, one name um, by a guy named Charles Morel. Uh, and he wrote this tale called The True History of Little Golden Hood. So sometimes her hood is gold, actually. Um, oh, okay. I could see that. And he um, gave the little girl a name, Blanchette. <laughs> so 
<laughs> She's not usually new. Oh, Kate Blanchett mm-hmm. should play Little Red Riding Hood. There you go. Um, Boom. Let's see. Yeah. So in the 20th century, the popularity of the tale really began to snowball. Uh, because and a lot of new versions were being written and produced because at this time there was like the Sigmund Freud uh, boom and his analysis around deconstruction and feminist critical theory. So people were like applying that to Little Red Riding Hood. Um, and that is what led to, like you were saying last episode, you know, just um, textbooks and a lot of academic papers being written on fairy tales. So definitely. A lot right. Of- it's like ev- every single word is dissected, dissected. Mm-hmm. And yep. yeah, it's so, deep. It if you guys be. want to like, you know, want some pleasure reading, you can look into <laughs> Alan and Jack Zipes versions of um, <laughs> the little Red Riding Hood analysis. So check it out. Okay. I think, I think Zipes was a guy like in what I was reading from last week. So he must know all the fairy tale things or something. Yeah. Um, yeah. Okay. So let's get into the story and then we'll talk about, you know, some symbolism again and, and some meanings behind it. Um, I got this version, this telling from AmericanLiterature.com. So shout out there. Uh, yeah. So here we go. Once upon a time, <laughs> there was <laughs> a dear little girl who was loved by everyone who looked at her, but most of all, her grandmother. And there was nothing that she would not have given to to the little girl. She loved her so much. Um, And her grandmother gave her a little cap made out of red velvet, which just suited her so well that she would only wear it. She would never wear anything else. We know how kids are, right? When they like something, they're just going to wear it 24-7. Oh, my God. Absolutely. Can confirm. Yep. Yep. So she was called Little Red Riding Hood because of this. And one day her mother said, come little Red Riding Hood, um, here's a piece of cake and a bottle of wine. Take them to your grandmother. She is ill and weak and they will do her good. Um, Set out before it gets hot and when you are going, walk nicely and quietly and do not run off the path or you may fall and break the bottle and then your grandmother will get nothing. And when you go to her room, don't forget to say good morning and don't peep into every corner before you do it. I don't know why that's included, but... (laughs) Okay, yeah, I'm sure there's a reason, I'm sure. (laughs) Okay, she says, so Little Red Riding Hood's like, I got it, I'll take care, you can trust me, Mom. So um, her grandmother lived in the woods and about a half a league from the village, and just as Little Red Riding Hood entered the woods, a wolf met her. Little, Little Red Riding Hood did not know what a wicked creature he was and was not at all afraid of him. Good day, Little Red Riding Hood, said the wolf. And she said, thank you kindly, wolf. Uh, Whither away so early, Little Red Riding Hood? To my grandmother, she said. What have you got on your apron? (laughs) (laughs) Wait, I can just insert right here that she, okay, um, Animals are always used, like talking animals are like always used in fairy tales. Like it's just normal for her to just like run into a wolf and just start talking. Just want to throw that out there. (laughs) 
So she says, I have cake and wine. Yesterday was baking day. So poor sick grandmother is to have something good to make her stronger. Where does your grandmother live, Little Red Riding Hood? A quarter of a league farther into the wood. And leagues. I thought that was like a sea measurement. I don't know. Yeah, under the sea. Yeah. Yeah. Interesting. Okay. (laughs) Anyways. Um, a good quarter of a league farther in the wood, her house stands under the three large oak trees, the nut trees just below. You must surely know it. The wolf thought to himself, mm, what a tender young creature with a nice plump mouthful. She will be better to eat than the old woman. I must act craftily so I can catch them both. So he walked for a short time by the side of Little Red Riding Hood. And then he said, see Little Red Riding Hood, how pretty the flowers are um, around here. Why do you not look around? I believe that you do not hear how sweetly the little birds are singing. You walk gravely as you were going to school while everything else here in the wood is merry. So just, you know, a lesson in mindfulness, <laughs> really. Yep. Yep. Pay attention. Yeah. Enjoy the flowers, the sun, like, you know, listen to the birds. Take your time. Grandma's not going anywhere. So. Um, Little Red Riding had raised her eyes, and when she saw the sunbeams dancing and the trees and the pretty flowers everywhere, she thought, well, maybe I should take, you know, some flowers to Grandma. That would please her, too, right? Nice, nice thought. Um, mm-hmm. And it's so early in the day, I got plenty of time to get there. So she ran off the path to look for some flowers, which her mother had told her not. Oh, boy. Tale as old as time. Yep. Like that is just such a warning story for young children yep. right here. Just when she picked one flower, she would see one that she thought was even prettier farther on. Right. Like and then she would pick another one and it would she would see another one that was even prettier just farther on. So she would keep going. Oh, my God. And she was going little deep. red riding hood. What are you doing? Yep. I mean, shiny <laughs> things. Right. We're all distracted by them. <laughs> yep. absolutely so she's like deeper and deeper into the woods now um meanwhile the wolf went straight to grandma's house knocked on the door and the grandma says who is there little red riding hood replied the wolf um with cake and wine lies (laughs) lies (laughs) yep identity theft (laughs) i'm like don't believe him it's a wolf so the grandma's like, lift the latch. I'm too weak to get up, um, you know, and left, let yourself in. So the wolf lifted the latch. The door sprang open. And without saying a word, he went straight to the grandmother's bed and ate her. <laughs> I mean, you should also always lock your doors. So. Well, it was locked, but she's like, just let yourself in, I guess. Well, no, not really then. If he can let himself in, it's not locked. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Exactly. Okay. Interesting. <laughs> Um, so yeah, so then the wolf got in bed and dressed up like the grandma. He put on her classic, classic the curtains, you know, made it look like he's sick in bed. Like I am right now. (laughs) (laughs) Me too. I was just thinking, I look like an old granny sick in bed. I'm literally like, I look like I'm in a hospital bed. (laughs) That's how I am set up right now. All I need is a bonnet. And spectacles. <laughs> yep. Yep. And you would be it. <laughs> a nice little nightgown, and you're all set. <laughs> um, so Little Red Riding Hood, you know, meanwhile, is out still picking flowers. Um, 
And then she finally remembered, oh, yeah, I got to get to grandma's house, you know, so. um, Duh. Oh, my God. She's really pissing me off right now. I am like A to B. Let's go. No dilly dallying. Like we're supposed to be somewhere. I mean, for letting this child go by herself into the woods. I mean, I don't like to mom shame, (laughs) but yeah, I guess. It is actually, there is always like also bad parenting, like in all these stories. Totally. I know they keep blaming the kids. I'm like, oh, someone had to keep, teach the kids something. Um, Boom. Wow. <laughs> Dissertation. <laughs> Says the one who has no kids, but. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you're going to get canceled. <laughs> well, send it to a famous oh, account at gmail.com. <laughs> Yeah, we need our hate mail. We're still after, our, I mean, evening booze hour. How many episodes that did we do? 700. Wow. Not one, not one hate mail. So we're doing pretty good. So, okay, little one riding home. She gets to her grandma's house finally, and she's a little surprised to find that the door is wide open. Kind of terrifying. Um, uh, yeah, super creepy. And has a very bad feeling. She gets really uneasy. Um, and she calls out, good morning. But like what her mom told her to say, but receives no answer. So she goes to the bed and draws back the curtains. And there lay her grandmother with a cap pulled over her face, looking very strange. And so- Yeah, because it's a wolf. <laughs> like anyone would be able to notice anyone (laughs) I mean it's a wolf she yeah I mean I don't know it's maybe he has a good success (laughs) but she like isn't catching I bet he hired the same person who did Sarah Paulson as Linda Tripp for the prosthetics he must have he must have to be that good oh my god so she says, oh, grandmother, what big ears you have. You know, she's probably thinking like, oh, my God, like this illness you have has really affected your ears. Oh, God, that is actually like terrifying. And the wolf, a.k.a. grandma, replies, the better to hear you with my child. Oh, this is so classic. Mm-hmm. So then Little Red Riding Hood says she's still not buying it what big eyes you have grandmother and the wolf replies the better to see you with my dear but grandmother what large hands you have the better to hug you with oh but grandmother what a terrible big mouth you have the better to eat you with (laughs) i have like chills all over my whole body (laughs) and as soon as he says that the wolf you know, with one bound is up out of bed and swallows up little red riding hood. <sighs> oh God. Just horrible. An awful grandma in his belly. Oh God. He's full. He is full now. Yeah, He's so full. He just decides to lay down in bed, fall asleep. You know, he's very satisfied. Um, and he begins to snore very loudly. Um, but just as he's doing that, a huntsman is passing through the house, passing by the house and thinks to himself how the old woman is snoring. I must see if she needs anything. You know, I don't I maybe the snoring was like so loud, like he was concerned. Um, the doors open, you know, 
So he goes into the room and he comes to the bed and he sees the wolf lying in it. And he says, do I find you here, you old sinner? He says, I have long sought you. Then, just as he was going to fire his gun at him, it occurred to him that the wolf may have devoured the grandmother and she might still be saved. So he didn't fire, but instead he took a pair of scissors and began to cut open the stomach of the sleeping wolf. (laughs) Yep, yep, I remember this. And all I could just picture is like literally someone with scissors just cutting into a wolf carcass. (laughs) That's... Yeah. What I pictured. Ugh. So he makes two snips and he sees Little Red Riding Hood's hood shiny. Then he makes two more snips and the little girl comes out crying. And he's like, oh my gosh, you must have been so frightened. How dark was it inside the wolf? <laughs> Pretty fucking dark. <laughs> Metaphorically and literally. <laughs> Spoiler alert. It was pretty dark. (laughs) And then after that, the grandma also comes out alive, but she's like barely able to breathe. Uh, Little Red Riding Hood. uh, Uh, Yeah. She fetched um, these stones and filled the wolf's belly with the stones so that when he woke up and wanted to run away, the stones were so heavy that he collapsed. Yes, I totally forgot about that part. Yes, seems like way more work when the woodsman huntsman guy has a gun. So, (laughs) yeah, just like I thought, yeah, just kill it. Right. I mean, he tried to eat you. So I guess it's like I'm not pro like death, you know, death penalty, but but... long way around. (laughs) yeah yeah i'm also like pro wolf but not big bad wolf so yeah so she felt his belly with stones he can't get away and then he falls asleep um you know they're so delighted and the huntsman drew took off the wolf's skin you know skinned it and went home with it the grandmother ate the cake and drank the wine which little red riding hood had brought and Little Red Riding Hood thought to herself, as long as I live, I will never by myself leave the path to run into the woods when my mother has forbidden me to do so. Um, That's right. Preach it. Preach it, Little Red Riding Hood. <laughs> Listen to your parents. <laughs> it is also uh, related that once Little Red Riding Hood um, was again taking cakes to the old grandmother, another wolf spoke to her and tried to entice her from the path. Little Red Riding Hood, however, was on her guard and went straight forward on her way and told her grandmother that she had met the wolf and that he had said good morning to her, but had such a wicked look in his eyes that if he had not been on the public road, she was certain he would have eaten her up. Well, said the grandmother, at the door, that way he may not come in. So soon afterwards, though, this other wolf knocked and cried, open the door, grandmother. I am Little Red Riding Hood. And I'm bringing you some cakes. <laughs> Trying to. Oh my God! Wait, yes, this is sounding familiar. I've heard this version. So they didn't speak or open the door. So the gray, um, gray beard stole twice, thrice around the house, and last jumped on the roof, intending to wait until Little Red Riding Hood went home in the evening, and then to steal after her and devour her in the darkness. But the grandmother saw what was in his thoughts. And in front of the house was a great stone um, trough, 
And so she had the uh, Little Red Riding Hood take a pail and um, she said, I made some sausages yesterday. So carry the water in which I broiled them with to the trough. Little Red Riding Hood takes the water, the sausage water, um, and puts it into the trough until it's full. And the smell of sausages reaches the wolf. Um, and so he gets like enticed and peeks down and stretches out his neck so far that he can no longer keep his footing and begins to slip. He slips down from the roof straight into the great trough and was drowned. Um, and Little Red Riding Hood got to go home and no one ever harmed her again. Yeah, I feel like I I heard the story, but then while you were telling this this story for some reason like gave me flashbacks to my childhood and we used to rent like because you know when we were little you rented a movie like every weekend you know so we would rent the fairy tale theater movies oh my god Shelley Duvall (laughs) yes and all I can see right now in my mind is remember the three little pigs one with Billy Crystal was one of the pigs. Oh my God. I want like, to watch these right now. Yeah. Like I can like see them happening. I used to love those. And that just made me think about, I'm sure there must've been a little red riding hood one. Probably. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Such a flashback right now. Uh, definitely remember going to like the neighborhood video rental place and getting those. Yes. <laughs> yes, time. Exactly. Yeah, um, so yeah, like, um like version with the comeback wolf, but I think it's like kind of like along the old adage, fool me once, shame on you, fool me twice, you know, shame on me. So yeah. like, it shows that like, you know, she had the opportunity to be fooled again and was like, No way, I I've learned from this and so did grandma. So Yeah, yeah. See, nothing bad has to happen, like yeah. And okay. no one had to save her the second time. Like they were also very just, you know, they learned from their past experiences. They knew that they had to trick them. Yeah. Love that. Love uh, that for them. So that's the story. So we can talk about some interpretations um, that are in the story. Um, okay. A- apart from the overt warning about talking to strangers, <laughs> there are, you know, some different interpretations interpretations and some of them are kind of sexual because I don't know why why like we just have to I we have to make everything oh well I was thinking I was thinking because she's you know a little red riding hood there was something about like puberty or something because when I was reading about the grim you know all the grim stories like a lot of it was like oh there's anytime like red and women are symbolized together it's like they're reaching puberty or whatever you know like they got their period and a lot of the the stories also have like younger people around the age of like prepubescence or like reaching that so yeah. anyway I don't know if you're going to get into that at all yeah. but that's like one thing I always like was like oh that probably means that but not sure. There is definitely a puberty rite of passage, um, you know, as one of the uh, interpretations. Uh, Stemming from a prehistoric origin, um, you know, the girl leaving home enters a liminal state and by going through the acts of the tale is transformed into an adult. 
by the act of coming out of the wolf's stomach. Okay, interesting. And I know that there's a new movie out there, Red Movie. It's like a Disney movie or something. Uh, oh, 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 Turning Red, Going Red or something like turning that. Turning Red, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, that has to do with puberty and some parents are like outraged and it's like, okay, why why should we be so ashamed and outraged of like, you should be teaching your sons and your daughters about periods, you know? Like, I don't necessarily know how young, but it should not have to be such a taboo thing. You know what I mean? Yeah. So I, mean, I saw that movie and I keep getting like the song from it stuck in my head <laughs> because it takes place oh, really? like, uh, early, like in the nineties, two thousands and like the little girls obsessed with boy bands, but like the red is more about her culture. She's like lives in a Chinese neighborhood. So these, yeah, she's Chinese. Yeah. <laughs> it is. And there yeah. are pretty rights, but it's like, you don't see her get her period or anything like that. Right. Like my, we had our kids watch it and, and we were like prepared, like, okay, if they have questions, because I had read like, oh my God, we had to turn this off. It was so offensive, blah, blah, blah. And like, it was not once like, there was no questions of like, wait, what is like this about? So I'm like, what the hell are people watching two different movies? Like, I don't get it, but anyway. Was looking for something to complain about. Um, I know. So there's also natural cycles. Um, so the folklorist and cultural anthropologist P. Um, P. Saint Yves and Edward Burnett Tyler saw Little Red Riding Hood in the terms of solar myths and other natural occurring cycles. So her red oh. hood could have represented the bright sun, which is ultimately swallowed by the terrible night of the wolf. Um, and the variations in which she is cut out of the wolf's belly represent the dawn, I guess. Um, hmm. There's also a connection between the wolf in this tale and Skull, the wolf in the Norse uh, mythology that will swallow the personified sun. Um, so could have to do with like solar cycles as well. Wow. Um, could also That's be so cool too, because like imagine living in that time period, like you don't know about space it's just like a literally a miracle every single day that the sun rises yeah like yeah. it's a miracle and that's all like, they know um the tale could also be about you know the season of spring like i said earlier the month of oh may my God. Like escaping the winter you know oh yeah like a rebirth too <laughs> like coming out of the wolf's belly resurrection if you will exactly um, okay, then there are some, of course, erotic, romantic, or rape connotations. Um, so mm -hmm. <laughs> there has to be. Uh, all right. So a sexual analysis of the tale um, includes negative connotations in the terms of rape or abduction. In um, this book, Against Our Will, Susan Brownmiller, the author, describes the fairy tale as a description of rape. However, many revisionist retellings choose to focus on empowerment and depict Little Red Riding Hood or the grandmother successfully defending herself against the, the wolf. You know, they'd rather focus on the good. Um, such telling. Right. Like women, female power. Go women. Like, yeah. Good job. Um, other tellings bear the similarity to the animal bridegroom tales, such as like Beauty and the Beast or the Frog Prince. 
um, but where the heroines of those tales revert the hero to a prince, you know, these tellings of Little Red Riding Hood reveal that the heroine, um, reveal to the heroine that she was, or that she has a wild nature like the heroes. Um, so similarities there. Okay. The interpretations refuse to characterize Little Red Riding Hood as the victim. Um, and these tales are again about, you know, female empowerment. Right. Okay. Um, I like that. I'm on board. I'm on board. The gender role varies, um, you know, according to different, um, to the professional level and the gender of the artists, like studying these characters. So female artists tend to reflect a stereotypic aggressive male um, as the role of the wolf, while male artists are more likely to eroticize the characters, of course. <laughs> um, yeah. But in general, professional artists do not imply sexual intent between the characters and, you know, produce more family-friendly illustrations. Um, so then I also found some symbolism. Again, um, this was, again, from the same site I got the Hansel and Gretel symbolism from, allocation. So um, let's talk about that. Um, the hood covering her hair is one. So if the girl in the story is wearing a hood or a cap, she is covering her hair. Hair, especially women's, plays an important role in many cultures in the world. When a girl reaches a certain age in which she turns into a woman, her hair is considered one of her most powerful tools for attracting the opposite gender. When covering it or cutting it, her hair sends a message that she's not available yet or anymore. So, again. Okay. You know, like, not available yet, still wearing a cap on my head. Um, the color red. So when the girl gets the hood from her grandmother, um, you know, we could say that there are life forces like the older generation passing something on to the upcoming generation. Uh, the color red is um, the color of life and blood. It can easily be associated with menstrual blood. Um, the color of the hood is was by um, Charles Perrault. So he was one of the ones who, other than Brothers Grimm, did one of the most famous um, versions of this. Um, okay. So he's responsible for the um, okay. And we should know that in the 17th century, a decent woman would never wear a red hood because red was the color of sin. So only ladies right. with really bad reputations wore red dresses. Um, right. Like the scarlet letter. Yeah. Red was like bad. Well, and that's the thing with fairy tales too. And these folk tales, they're told they're oral stories, you know, they're, they're told on. So it, it would obviously change to fit that like generations or centuries view of things, obviously, you know, like it makes sense. Yes. So then in other versions, like the hood is gold, too. So the color gold um, mm -hmm. symbol. Before the 17th century, the story was already well known. And um, the hood wasn't like any particular color. It was just gold. And gold, of course, represents maturity and responsibility. And at the end of the day, um, that's what Little Red Riding Hood was all about, right? You know, maturity, being responsible. So, yeah, um, I like the gold. I want a gold hooded cape. <laughs> <laughs> so then the forest is also like a character in itself in the story. Um, in ma many fairy tales, the main character must go into the forest. 
same with Hansel and Gretel. It seems that mm-hmm. trees are an endless source of inspiration for folklore. There are many speculations why the forest is so important, but we can also stick just, you know, to the obvious that most people in medieval times lived near forests. <laughs> so that's probably- right. Or you had to walk through the forest on a path. Like, and it's so true that some, you know, like, the other day we were on a little walk. It wasn't like a huge hike or anything, but we were walking through the woods with our kids. And my daughter was like, wow, this is like so magical. And it was like the way the trees were and the sun was hitting, you know? So like you can either make a forest super fucking creepy because Mm -hmm. I love being outside and on the trails, but like at nighttime, Never. No. Like I am such a baby. I would never go into the woods like at night, even with a flashlight, like nothing. I would be so scared. So you can either make it like the most magical, like fairy loving place or like an actual nightmare. So it can, it's like such a good backdrop for whatever kind of story you're trying to tell. Blair Rich ruined the forest for us all. Okay. (laughs) let's not forget the Blair Witch Project. (laughs) Never forget. So, yeah, um, people's existence have been closely related to the woods for forever, but forests also represent the unknown and often very serious danger. Um, In a Mm -hmm. psychoanalysis uh, of forests, forests symbolize unconsciousness, um, you know, and... Um, the forest is also a very fertile place, but is also wild and uncultivated and unpredictable. So it's not a right. It can be anything. Mm-hmm. It's like it's uh, yeah, the opposite's like yeah, it can be anything. Anyway, okay. It's not <laughs> a that so many um, you know of these stories take place in the woods because and like people getting lost in the woods in particular mm-hmm. um, come back to be more responsible once they get out of it. So it's like a transformation role of the forest, you know. And even if the main character doesn't enter the woods, something important can happen there. For instance, in the in the story, Rumpelstiltskin is hidden in the woods. Um, so that's one. And in the Goose Girl, I've never heard of that one, lost her identity in a forest. So, you know, you don't have to necessarily go to the forest, but it can still represent something. Um in some cases, the forest represents the enemy itself, which is kind of like Sleeping Beauty and her rescuers. So just, you know, to each their own, whatever you want to interpret the, the forest. The forest <laughs> yeah, it's like, however you want to see it, go ahead. <laughs> yeah. You really want to get that deep. Um, okay, then the basket and the bottle that she's bringing to her grandmother's house. So um Charles Peralt opted for cake and butter, but the Brothers Grimm made it cake and a bottle of wine. So we know who likes the party out of those authors. <laughs> <laughs> Love that for them. Um, the basket can be a symbol of virginity. Um, the shape of the bottle is phallic. <laughs> but Of course. What's not phallic? There's got to be one phallic symbol in each fairy tale it's a must and of course the bottle is also fragile and breakable um in a dream analysis a bottle can also represent suppression of feelings instead of letting them out they're bottled up 
Um, oh, yep. I know about that. I know all about that. Or broken to release, you know, a trapped spirit. Um, so considering okay. that red wine stands for passion, you might say that, um, you know, that had to do, again, probably with, you know, some sexuality of uh, desires, things like that. Who knows, right? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Well, and I'm thinking like genie in a bottle also, which could be, you know, during a certain time period. I'm sure that was part of the story, like a main part. Yep. Yep. You know, repressed sexuality, all that secrets, stress. You know, the bottle can represent a lot. Um, so, yeah, those are just some of the symbolism of this tale. And, um, you know, I just thought that this is another one that has always, like, terrified me <laughs> a little bit when you learn the origins of it. So I wanted to dig into it a little bit deeper um, to find out more and to kind of study the symbolism and share that with all you guys. But, um, yeah, let us know. If you've heard that version where, you know, she meets the second wolf again, um, what version you're most familiar with, which one has scarred you as a child, um, would love to know that. (laughs) Yeah, I'd love to know because I'm going to be doing some research. So um, I think I'm going to do one of my famous mashups. But I don't know. There's so many. I've been doing I've been dabbling into the research and. I'm like, I don't know if I can just pick one. Um, so many, so many so. freaky, freaky, freaky fa- uh, fairy tales. So <laughs> I know I might have to watch fairy tale theater. Oh my God. <laughs> and pick one. To see if that's streaming somewhere right now. <laughs> it's gotta be. I'm Shelly Duvall. Oh my God. It was the best. It was the best. Yes. The best. You guys, have you seen fairy tale theater? Let us know. <laughs> was that part of your childhood growing up? Or are we just so old? Um, <laughs> that's all I have for Little Red Riding Hood this week. Um, I loved it. I loved it. You did excellent. Um, great. Okay. I'm going to try to move my body now because I have hospital bed sores <laughs> from laying all day. Um, wow. Thank you for listening. Thank you, Liz, for an amazing episode. Well, thank you for listening, people. Hope you like the new intro outro music, and we'll catch you next week. Ta ta. Bye. Ta-da.